Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franson. Hey, Remarkables, what's happening? Welcome back to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. I'm Dr. Stephen Franson. And I'm Dr. Pete Camiolo. Hey, lucky you. You found yourself in the middle of another awesome series. This is the crazy eight, right? These are the eight most common capacity blocks in the chiropractic office. Man, we get to work with hundreds of doctors. We have thousands of doctors in our ecosystem. And what we're listening for among other things, are capacity blocks, because we know the natural state of a chiropractic practice is growth, right? So the natural state of a principled chiropractic practice is growth. And if you are not growing readily, that means that there's something simply something interfering with that natural state of growth, right? So we know that there's only two things that cause interference, right? We teach it to our patients, toxicity and deficiency or both, right? So what we do is we identify where's the capacity block, what is the toxicity, what is the deficiency, and we get busy reconciling those things. So this crazy eight series, what an awesome way to end this year. What an awesome way to spend the balance of 2021 to look for and ferret out where are the capacity blocks in your practice. So we're listening eight of them, the eight most common one. We call them the crazy eight because you'd be crazy to leave them in place because every one of these capacity blocks acts as a container that limits the expansion of your practice of your business. In other words, each one of these capacity blocks exists in your business and each one of these capacity blocks limits two things, limits your impact and your income. So Dr. Pete, I'm excited to dive back into this awesome series. Today, we're gonna to be getting to work on the capacity block called the logistical capacity block. Man, let's get after it. You know, the thing that comes to my mind when, when and we were, we had an opportunity, Dr. Stephen, you and I to talk before, you know, this, this podcast episode, and we were, we were talking about our, the two things we're going to be uh, really, well, really three things we're going to hit on in this episode, logistically, uh, location, hours, and parking. These are kind of like our big three that we want to hit on and how important they are. We are telling stories about, you know, our design, our clinic and clinics that we've done and, and just how, how important that is. And I'm really looking forward to getting, getting into this, but I'm remembering when you, you when you talked about the word limitation. I want to speak to your heart right now, Doc. Uh, I want to I want to say who are you, who gives you the right to put a limitation on what's possible? And I just want to speak to you because we're in the middle of a series. And if you're just tuning in for the first time, this is your first one. I want I want to share something with you that the limitation, like who gives you the right to put a limitation on what's possible? I think one of the things that can happen to us is we put limitations on our potential because of the, the beliefs, because of the fears, because of things going on in our life. And I, I just want to encourage you to, I hope that this series, we identify areas where you audit your own practice, you audit your life, that you have allowed limitation to prevent you from fully expressing your full potential as a leader, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as a chiropractor, that it's quite possible that there's been some limitation. I just want to go out, out there and say that, that there's a possibility that you have entertained limitation and you have, you have tolerated, you have allowed limitation to, to, to enter in and, and prevent you from moving to your full potential. And when you 
and I, when we, I, and this is this, I'm talking to myself. Okay. But when we allow limitation, when we, when we are the cause of the limitation, when we allow that we limit our impact and you limit your in- income as well, you're limiting what's possible. And at a day and time in, in history, when people are desperate for what you have to offer, what we, what we give people in chiropractic, the world needs it now more than ever before. Let us not be the ones that limit them, that stop people from being able to get what they need. And I hope that logistics would never be the thing that limits what's possible. And this is a really important conversation in logistics. You know, you probably haven't thought about this in a while. If you're a CEO and you probably started your practice a long time ago, maybe this is like something you thought about a while ago. If you're a student listening to this, hey, perfect timing. You, you, you got it before you make some decisions about your physical location and your hours and your parking. But regardless, we want you to do an audit of your practice because we want you to be thinking about three things really. Number one, is it hard to find you? Is it hard to get to you? And is it hard to stay under care at your office? Those are three things we want you to be thinking about in this, in this episode, thinking about very specific logistically. Is it hard to find you? Is it hard to get to you? Is it hard to stay under care? We're talking about capacity for you to grow your practice, things that limit your ability to expand, Dr. Steven, like you said. And so we've identified really three things we're going to get into today. Number one is location. This is actually physically where you are located on Google Maps, where you are in the world and in your town and in your city and on that map. Number two is going to be your hours, the clinical hours, when you're seeing patients, when you're seeing new patients, all of that. And third is going to be your parking, the situation of getting in and getting out, which is a big part when you have a brick and mortar operation. Dr. Steven, this is such a an important, very practical, maybe even we could say a very logistical conversation we're going to have today, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I want everybody to think of this as like an auditing process. You're taking a look at your office and you're saying, okay, so uh, much like if, if you think back to our clinicoscopy that we did, this is really sort of the, the one of the ways that we as coaches come over the top of a practice and assess it's like, where's the low hanging fruit? Like, where can we get, where, where can we get better? Like where, where can we tune this engine, pick up a few more horsepowers, right? If I can go back to one of my favorite metaphors, right? So I want you to think about this as you're, you're just tuning the beast, right? Tuning the engine, looking for one, two, 3% more power, right? So now uh, we talked about philosophical capacity blocks. We talked about mental capacity blocks. So philosophical capacity blocks, we said, you know what? There's a belief system here. And, and every one of these is finite, on a scale of one to 10, 10, you might be a superstar and right? be like, oh no, my philosophical, that there is no capacity block there, right? It's like, that is my strong suit. It's where all my certainty comes from. I'm like, no, you know what? There is a limit to this. All these things are finite. So I'm, I'm, I would be excited to hear that yours is far off in the distance that that fence is way out there. And <laughs> awesome. Let's see if we can tweak it and get 1% stronger there, right? Or maybe the mental capacity is like, can you see it? It's, that's the vision. We say we're pulled by our vision. We're pushed by our purpose, right? So where's your vision? Like, have you inherited a limited vision, <laughs> right? So, you know, like to, 
Dr. Pete's point, it's like a lot of us, you know, we come limping into this show, like guys, trust us, right? We come limping into this show with you, right? So uh, at the end of the day, we all inherited these capacity blocks, right? So somebody taught us, somebody told us, we saw somebody do it, right? So we didn't just make this stuff up, right? So all of us rolled into practice, having been in other practices before, heard all kinds of stories, et cetera. That's who set those perimeters for you, right? So what we're going to do in this series is we're going to challenge those fences. I'm going to push them out, right? So I want to just encourage you right now and just as you listen to each one of these, just know that you're going to be able to gain some ground somewhere. And, you know, I have docs approach me all the time. They're like, man, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed uh, on that last series. <laughs> you know, like when we do the clinicoscopy, for example, it's like, man, I'm a, I'm a bit overwhelmed. There's a lot there. And I just, I just can't imagine you know, being perfect at everything, right? Like doing all those things perfectly. I'm like, bro, listen, remarkable does not imply perfect, right? So, you know, what I want you to recognize is I figured out early on in practice that um, I had to just suck less at a lot of things. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't that I had to be awesome and perfect at everything. I had to recognize every single one of these things, every single one of these components, I just needed to make a commitment to always bettering it, right? So that's going to be my challenge as you listen to this conversation, listen for places where you can gain inches, right? Yeah. So uh, like Al Pacino famously said on any given Sunday, this is a game of inches, right? So this is a game of inches, and we're going to get some inches for you today and throughout this series. Dr. Pete, I'm super excited to get into this because I know that there's so much ground to be gained. I'm going to suggest that we start with, let's start with location, right? So, and the idea is, as you listen to location, it's like, like Dr. Pete said, is it hard to find you? Is it hard to get to you? And is it hard to keep coming back to you? And I, su I suggest we segue from that one into parking because that's a big part of sort of that physical plan issue outside the building. Um, is it hard to keep coming back to you, right? So that's one of the factors. And let's do a deeper dive into schedule because I think that there's, yeah. a, there's a lot that we can do there that they can tweak and change. And that's probably where we're going to get the most traction. Here's a few words from our newest podcast sponsors. We're grateful for their support of the show. Become the local health expert in your community through content marketing with Leverage Media. At Leverage Media, we have the most comprehensive marketing strategy of any chiropractic marketing agency out there. Where most agencies focus on one aspect, we have a 360-degree approach. By taking a content-first approach, we help you build value in your community that drives results. Leverage Media is a full-service digital content and lead generation agency specifically for chiropractors. We're a one-stop shop for all things website, video marketing, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and more. We help chiropractors like you become the local health expert in their community through content marketing. To schedule your free strategy session, go to www.contentintopatients.com. Com. That's contentintopatients.com. Our friend Derek Van Ness from Big Life Financial recently informed us that most doctors are overpaying taxes an average of $11,000 per $100,000 of income. That's crazy. At TRP, we say you need to systematize everything. And the truth is, Doc, if you don't have a system to save and grow wealth, you will never get ahead financially. 
Big Life Financial does tax and financial strategy for small business owners, helping you keep more of what you make and be smarter with it. Research and development, credit filings, tax strategy and savings, financial strategies, including cash flow banking, are all things our friend Derek Van Ness and Big Life Financial can help you with. Go to biglifefinancial.com to learn more. And now let's jump right back into our conversation. Yep. All right. So let's let's jump in and uh, let's talk about location. So, Doc, you and I both had you know different experiences as far as our location. I want to. I want to hear, hear from you about your location, but I want to share how I made the decision about my location. So when we, when we opened our office, uh, our first office, it was, um, you know, I was really faced with, you know, I was moving to a city, a town I'd never been to. Many of you can maybe relate with me. I'd never been to this place. I'd only visited once or twice. We chose it because we wanted to move to this area. It was, just, it was a suburb of Nashville. I wasn't from Nashville. I was born and raised in New Jersey. I went to Chiro Chiropractic College in Minnesota. I had associated in New Jersey. I'd never been to Nashville other than to visit once. Uh, so I was moving to a place I'd never been to before. So just contextually, just understand that. So I didn't know the flow. I didn't know the neighborhoods. I didn't know the people. I didn't know anything. So some of you may be able to relate with me on that side. And some of you are like, no, I went back to a town where I grew up. I knew everything about that place. So that's a different story. I didn't know where I was going, but I did know this. I said, you know what? I have a choice. I'm either going to be a location that's going to be on the main drag where people are going to be going by and they're going to see my sign or they're going to see the stuff, or I got to, I'm going to be on a place where, you know, it's not going to be on the main drag. You're going to have to find me. And the way that I built my practice was philosophically, I was convicted that I, I was not going to attract a walk-in type practice. So I made a decision consciously. Cause I remember talking with my coaches about this before I opened, I remember speaking with some of the people that I'd hired to help me with um, real estate and finding locations was I, all of the real estate people, it's interesting. They said, hey, choose a location that's on the main drag. Like there's no reason to make it harder for yourself, right? <laughs> I, I kind of am a glutton for punishment, apparently. Uh, so I, I was like, yeah, thanks for that. Uh, no, we're going to go somewhere off the beaten path. And, and I chose that path because I knew this, that I had a mission to go into a community. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anybody. No reputation, no brand, no voice, no nothing. And I was like, and I'm going to build the biggest, baddest health center on planet earth. And I was committed to doing that. And so I said, you know what? People are going to want to come to me. They're going to choose it. And so we chose to move to, we, we chose Doc Steven to open a lo in a location that was off the beaten path. I, th I think the spot we picked was actually pretty awesome. And now to look at it years and years later, it's actually a, a pretty cool destination place. But when we opened, it was, it was an untapped area off the beaten path. And we chose to open in a place because I knew that I, I wanted a destination place. I knew the type of practice that I was going to have. People were going to say, we want to go to this place. We choose to go to this place. We just didn't happen to go to this place. There was no happen. We chose it. It was intentional because we were putting energy out into the market. We were outside of our four walls all the time. And we knew people were going to be coming into our practice as a result of that. So Dr. Steven, philosophically, that's how I made the decision as far as location. I'm not saying it's the right decision for anybody else. I'm saying for me, I made that decision. And I, to this day, I'm so happy that that's how I made the decision as far as picking my location. Yep. And it aligned so well with who I am because it was in this quiet spot with a wooded background. It was really ended up being this awesome place. It was super quiet and peaceful back there. It was away from a bunch of stuff. But when I would go there, it was peaceful. When people would come, it was like they were coming to a place for a break. 
It was a refuge. It was a place of peace. And not everybody needs that. Not everybody is going to want their practice to run like that. For me, in what I was doing, that made the most sense for me. And that's why that location, even though it's a little bit hard to get to or harder, it was intentional. And I'm so grateful they did it. So that, that's how I chose my location, Dr. Steven. I don't know so about you. But let me, let me take you on a journey to the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, I grew up in Boston and my family, I have a big family. Like my dad's got nine brothers and sisters and we've got this like 30 something cousins and I don't even know all of them. <laughs> it's like, it's like a crazy giant big family. Everybody lives right there. And, you know, I knew my, you know, Camilla, I met my wife Camilla in school. Um, we, she's from Sweden. She came over from Sweden to study chiropractic. We, we had made a decision. We were going to stay in the States and we wanted to be near one of the two families, her family or my family. So we could take care of the family. It's really hard to teach people about, you know, having regular lifetime chiropractic care for your family, but you're not taking care of your family. And I didn't want to be um, um, conflicted like that. So I was like, all right, let me go back to Boston. Uh, and I knew a couple of factors. So I, so I knew I wanted to be about 20 minutes outside of my town because I didn't want to be a drop-in center for everybody that I grew up with and all my family members. I wanted to be 20 minutes away. So it was a commitment to come to us and stay coming to us, but it was going to be feasible and logistically it was going to make sense for them. Right. So that was the 20 minute perimeter. Uh, and then I knew I'm a surfer and I knew that I, you know, when there's a good swell, I'm going to be in the ocean. So I didn't want to work all week long and then take off on my family on the weekend. So I was like, let's go and we'll live up on the North shore. So I end up living where I live now and I'll drive to the office. Here's my philosophy. You'll always drive to work, but you won't always drive to play. Right. So live where you play. Right. So, you know, that way you can get up in the morning, go for a surf and I'm back before the kids even get out of bed. <laughs> right. So that was sort of the combination of factors for me. And uh, you know, I originally thought I was going to be like restoring a, uh, an old Victorian, like the, um, my mom was a dental assistant for still is to the, to this day for over 50 years for the same dentist. And he had this beautiful old Victorian that he'd redone. And that was my vision of, we'll do that for a chiropractic office. And God knows me better than that. The last thing he wants me doing is swinging a hammer, <laughs> fixing up someplace. <laughs> That's just not me. So I ended up walking into this absolutely gorgeous. He dropped me right in the middle of this amazing opportunity where they were there, there were there were professionals <laughs> that were actually doing a refurbishment of an old iconic building right um, just north of Austin uh, that used to be called the United Shoe Building, and it turned into this place called the Cumming Center. Uh, long story short, it was a massive project. This building was the equivalent of a 53-story building laying on its side, four stories high. At one point, it was the largest concrete structure in the world. Uh, I think second only to, it was either the Hoover Dam or the Great Wall of China, or whatever. There was, I don't know whether that was just a real estate story or not, but it, it worked. It was a giant building and we had the front door. <laughs> <laughs> there were 300 businesses in this building. It was the center of the universe uh, in that community. And we had the front door. We had the suite on the left-hand side of the front door, giant sign right up front. Um, and I thought to myself, wow, this is going to be amazing. Everybody from this building is going to come to us. You know, what a smart, <laughs> what a smart positioning. But uh, it turned out our average patient drive, drove 25 minutes to come and see us. <laughs> so, you know, we did take care of lots and lots and lots of people in that, um, in that building in the community, but we just did draw people from all over. And the real value of being in this building was number one, everybody knew where we were. So all I had to say is, do you remember where the old shoe building was? Yeah, oh yeah, the coming center? Yeah, we're right there. Where are you? That's a big building. We're front door, right? And so that was a giant advantage for us. We were part of the flow, right? In life, in that community, everybody was flowing by us. 
So uh, it was easy to, for them to flow to us because they would flow in and flow out. We were just part of that traffic flow, kind of the flow of life as people would be going off to work or dropping their kids off at school or going to sports or going to their dance or soccer games or whatever it was. There was, we were very much part of that community flow. So we put ourselves right in the center of the bullseye uh, and it was really easy for people to get to us. Uh, whether it was before work in the morning, it was, you know, late, late morning for the blue hair crowd, uh, or it was after school for the moms and all the kiddos, um, or it was the end of day, everybody coming back from Boston, uh, back from work. So Dr. Pete, logistically, it was awesome. <laughs> we had a great, we had a great location for very, very many reasons. And what it did was it gave us a big container to build just a big yeah. uh, and awesome practice inside of um, logistics really was not a big challenge for us. Well, I, I want to speak to that. It's interesting. You brought it up. I love listening to your story and, and how you did that. That's just incredible. And there was a couple of things that you said that really struck me. And I was thinking about our decision because we're, we're thinking and talking about this was number one was landmarks, how important landmarks are. And we actually opened our clinic right next to a movie theater. And I intentionally did that. And the beautiful thing was whenever I would screen, because we did a ton of screenings or give talks, I would say, do you know where um, the theater is off of Kaysen? And they were like, yep, I know exactly where that is. So I was like, perfect. We're right down that road back. They're like, oh, tucked in the back. There's like, I've seen stuff back there. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly where we are. Everybody knew where the theater was, which was perfect. Like I had my one thing. And so landmarks are really, really important. Uh, to remember if you can find a landmark, a place that everybody knows, even if you're not right there, but it gives people like a, a, the red dot you drop on their mental map. They're like, oh, I know where that is. They generally know how to get there and different ways to get there, how long it takes to get there. They might not know how to get to your place, but I'm talking a lot about attraction. Like when you're first trying to get people to start coming, um, that was huge for me. And the other thing was the Wayne Gretzky concept of where the puck is going, where I opened was on a side of the, town where they were it was it was going to grow out that way i go back there now almost two decades later and it is boomed over there because i've sold that clinic it's boomed over there i mean it's it's continuing to expand like all the time it's growing it's huge and that's one of the reasons why we went there we said listen we're a new business into the town there was a much more established part of the area we went to a younger newer area of the town and we knew that this area had the potential to grow and it absolutely did. So that was also one of the very intentional was as this community grows and expands, we want to be right where expansion is happening so that people see us and we're part of that the growth of the next generation of this community. That was the second thing. The third was we were right off the interstate. So it was really easy for people to get there. So when I think about location, you talk about logistics and you think about that, that, that was very intentional for us, it was like right near the interstate, a major exit. Uh, I, we were right by a, a landmark, a major landmark that everybody knew where it was. And number three, we were right where the town was expanding, where things were going to yeah. grow. And we said, you know what? We're a new business. We're going to grow with this community. So those three things I always think about is where's the growth and expansion of your community happening? Because a lot of older communities, let's say like in Boston, they go through years of, and then they, they, those turn over to the next generation and they do the restoration of those areas. We see that happen, right? In, right. In, in, That's right. So where is that happening? That's a great place to potentially open your first or a second or third location. If you're a CEO and you're doing this expansion, where's it going? What are the landmarks? 
And, uh, and then again, what's the, the, the big traffic places where, where cars are going? Those three things are big. Yeah, especially if you're taking a three-year view of your business, which is what we teach our CEOs to do, right? Always take a three-year view of your business. If you say this community is blowing up, it's growing and going, and it's this is where it is now, this is where it's going to be next year, two years from now in the three-year view, man, this is what we're starting to look at, right? So always take a three-year view, especially if you're, you know, maybe you're thinking about planning multiple practices, get a sense of where that's going. Is it on the, is it on the uptick is it, or is it on the decline in that community, right? Uh, and is it the type of patients, the, 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 your eye ideal patients, are they spending their time there? Is that part of their flow? Is that part of their life? So, you know, some of you are saying to yourself, oh man, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to move my building? You know what? Maybe yes, maybe no. Okay. We're not telling anybody to pack up and move, but you may be considering that right now. So, you know, um, the, the, your location won't necessarily be a showstopper. Okay. So, you know, one thing that we know is that it is a game changer, right? So to put yourself in the right location is certainly a way to, um, to hedge your bets, right? So to put things in your um, favor, if you will. You know what they say in the restaurant business, location, location, location. What I will say is this next topic, parking is a game stopper, okay? This is a non-negotiable, right? So this is one of those that you wanna look at and say, oh my gosh, don't paint yourself into the corner of not having any parking. When you talk about logistical issues, this is probably the number one complaint of patients, right? So it's not being able to find parking, right? So this is one of those that would be a showstopper where you'd say, man, you know what? Everything's right, except there is no parking. So if you're building a remarkable business, you can have a remarkable team. You're talking about three, four, five, six cars or more just from your team. You know, and you're like, oh, we get eight spots. It's like, okay, <laughs> you know, we were seeing 50 people an hour, right? So there's got to be a lot of cars in and out of that business. Um, you've got to make sure that parking isn't a reason why people drop out of care. You, you got to make sure that parking isn't the reason why people are changing their visits or missing their visits, right? You got to make sure parking isn't how people start their visit with you is the frustration of trying to, trying to find a spot. You know, Dr. Pete, when I saw my parking lot, <laughs> <laughs> I was ready to sign that lease just for that parking lot, bro. We had, we had the largest parking lot in chiropractic in the world. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, unless people are practicing in like a desert and there was literally no, you know, there was no limitations, physical limitations. We had a gigantic picture, a giant mall parking lot. That's what our parking lot was like. And I told you the story of there were, there was a um, orange like pylons on the perimeter all the way around. And I used to say to patients, all right, so you know those pylons back there in the way back of the, <laughs> of the parking lot, like that back row back there, right? Yeah, those, those are my spots. And they're like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, yeah, those are our spots. So you'll always have spots there. And uh, so when you come in to get adjusted, I'm going to have you take a walk after an adjustment so that you can settle the adjustment, right? And you'll hold the adjustment longer. So we called it the dock walk. So I had them park in the last row in the parking lot. So they had to walk all the way through the parking lot to get back to their cars. So what I did was I took the whole concept of frustration of trying to find a spot close up to the building. And I took that off the table and I put everybody in the back of the parking lot. It was a third bird, man. Two birds with one stone ain't enough. You got to find that third bird. Ours was the dock walk. So good. Um, so a couple things that on parking, because I don't have a, as cool of a, a story as Doc you have as far as having the largest parking lot in the history of chiropractic. Um, <laughs> I, 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 you know, based on our location, like we, we had we had a ample amount of parking and, and, and running a really busy practice. There was days and times where, I mean, we, we, we filled that lot. There was no question about it. And when I did my workshops, 
People were parking on the streets. They were all over the place. But the beautiful thing was we lived, it was, or our practice was on a cul-de-sac. So it was, well, it was a circle. And so people would park. I had guys showing up because, you know, we had a, uh, there was a farming community just south of us. So people would show up with their, tra- their um, pickup trucks with huge trailers behind them. You know, I have guys come in 18-wheeler trucks because you meet these guys at screening. Next thing you know, man, they come in with their 18-wheeler. You hear them like, you know, when they, they finally shut down, it goes, you know, the, and you're like, man, these guys are parking out there. And, you know, so those guys are parking the street. You got the people with the big trailers, the landscape guys. They always park out in the thing. They unload and, they, and, you know, come in. And some of the guys just sit outside eating their sandwiches, drinking coffee, while some of the guys come in and get adjusted because the boss maybe is getting adjusted. And you, you, you got to think about the story. What kind of a practice are you going to build, man? Because I'll tell you what, we wanted to see everybody. Like I was like, and I wanted, I wanted the mayor of my city to come in and be like, this is amazing. And I also wanted that landscaper, you know, to be able to pull up with his big trailer and not have to miss his adjustment because he was doing a job this over there. He's like, well, I'm going to go adjust him right now. Like I, I wanted that type of an environment because I knew if this was going to be a lifestyle, that that's what it needed to be. But there was a couple things that, I think are really important. I'm just going to throw out there that you would consider. Number one is that you would create a space in your practice that well for new patients. And, you know, one of the things that then I, and I actually learned this from the church, uh, church space. I'm just going to share with you guys a couple of things. If you haven't done this, it'd be cool. Number one is you obviously have handicapped parking. That's always right up front, right? You got to have a couple of those spots. Very, very important. Make sure you take care of folks. Number one, number two, um, have a spot that's dedicated for first time uh, patients, new patients, that little thing of having us, you can have a sign custom made and put it up just like a, like a, a sign for the handicap, put it up there for, for new patients. First time to the clinic, make a space. Well, I'll tell you what, when people show up and they're like, Whoa, there's a dedicated place for new people. Now, if so, you're busy, so awesome off the charts. Awesome. If you're a busy new patient office, then maybe you want a couple of those. If you have a couple coming at once, if you're high volume, right? So Think about that. And then the other one, and I love this too, is for, for, for uh, families with young children and, 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 and having like, if you're pregnant or you have a, a, ch- a young child, have a dedicated place where those moms can pull in with those minivans and with those vans that's close to the door. Cause you don't need kids like dragging them across the parking lot. They're like, Oh no, I don't want my kid to get hit. Like my wife, you know, if, if she's in a parking lot with our kid, she's literally freaking out. I need her peaceful if we're getting adjustments, right? I don't need, I don't need people all stressed out and we ran a family practice. So that's another thing is making sure you prioritize taking care of your families, taking care of the elderly or disabled and taking care of those new guests. When you think about your parking, maybe even consider this now, how can we make it a more remarkable experience for people who are coming to our practice? How can we show honor and and respect to people Uh, when it comes to how we take care of them, even if they're just the parking. Here's a few words from our newest podcast sponsors. We're grateful for their support of the show. Imaging Services is a leader in digital solutions for chiropractors in the United States, offering full service to chiropractors, including service and support on digital x-ray and x-ray products. Imaging Services has a fully dedicated software and 24-7 on-call staff. To learn more, you can contact Mike Tokash directly at 610-812-3079 or visit www.theimagingservices.com.
Hiro matchmakers will help you find the right person for the job. If you're looking to hire the ideal chiropractic assistant, Cairo Matchmakers will help you find the specific person missing from your team so that you can get back to using your talents to serve more people. Or if you're looking to hire the ideal associate doctor, CMM can help. Cairo Matchmakers helps chiropractors like you find the ideal associate doctor to unlock your practice potential and get you the freedom that you desire. To learn more, go to chiromatchmakers.com. And now let's jump right back into our conversation. We, we can spend the next hour talking about these. And I know we're doing um, the, next, the, the next episode, we're going to do one on the capacity blocks, the physical capacity blocks. Where we're talking about layout and flow and such. So you guys, if you like these kind of details, man, we're going to climb all over these. I know that we promised them to talk about uh, scheduling, Dr. Pete. So when we talk about logistics, one of the things we talk about is hours, right? Your, your business hours or your practice hours, the, uh, the patient hours, et cetera. So this was, a, this was probably the most dynamic part of our practice. Like, so, you know, if your physical layout, if your physical space is the physical capacity or the physical container of your practice, your schedule is the virtual container of your practice, right? So it's like, if you think about the restrictions associated with the container, the job of a container is to restrict expansion. That's the job of a container, right? So when you have your, when you look at your schedule, your schedule is a container, right? It is like the virtual container of your practice, of your business. Its job is to limit expansion, right? So things don't spill over into other parts of the business, right? So man, this schedule, you have got to get this right. And you have to give it as much uh, credence as the physical plant, the layout, the flow. And when you change schedules, you should think about it like knocking down walls. Mm. You should think about it like getting out the sawzall, right? So it's like, literally, it's like, we have got to get our schedule right, right? So, you know, we, you know, you and I both are big advocates of schedule um, blocking time. So I said time blocking for these are our adjusting hours. This is prime time. These are our new patient hours. These are our report, uh, report of findings hours, right? This is when we do recommendations for care. This is when we do re-examinations. This is when we do our R4, R5 re-sign reports, right? So yeah, it's like having every single part of the clinical experience, but also every part of your team experience. So we have that inward facing schedule also where it's like, this is when we do pre-shift huddles. This is when we do weekly team meetings. This is when we do our weekly team trainings, right? So have this having that workshop on the schedule, having your marketing hours on your schedule, like when you're preparing for executing marketing, Dr. Pete, man, this is a ninja level business conversation when you start looking at the fine tuning and the nuances associated with optimizing your remarkable schedule. When I have a new coaching client, Dr. Steven, and we start working together, one of the first things that historically we have to address is this issue right here. And what I will say is this, what got you to where you are now probably won't get you to where you want to go next. Dr. Steven, you had a story and we're not going to get into it today, but you started with certain hours and those hours changed because you, you knew you needed to be able to service your community. I'm going to encourage you right now. This is, this is, this is, one that I have a feeling that some of you really need to reevaluate and look at. Is your schedule optimized? Are your schedules blocked? Is it, is it, are you truly maximizing and optimizing each and every moment that you're in that business, in that practice, when you're open for service? Are we truly leveraging our schedule at its fullest capacity and its fullest potential? 
We're going to get into probably more of that on the next episode. I think, Dr. Steven, we talk about you know, some of the other things, but logistically, let's just look at your schedule. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. And if you want to, uh, if you want an example schedule, Hey, let's drop uh, it in. Yeah. We'll, just, we'll, we'll give them an message example. Us. Yeah, we'll we'll put it. an example and actually don't even have to message us. We'll, we'll, we'll give you a link. If you want to message us and talk about it though, I'm happy to do that with you. We're happy to talk about some of these very practical things because they are very important. And some of us, we scratch our head on these things because we become so attached to some things or we think it has to be a certain way. And oftentimes it, it doesn't. And so this is a huge area we have to, and as you go into, if you're fin- listening to this when we're actually releasing this episode and you're heading into a new year, this is a great time to reevaluate your schedule and say, hey, is there a capacity block in how we've done scheduling of our hours and, and how we are specifically using the hours intentionally, like Dr. Steven, you just broke it down. And where do we, where do we need to go next? So this is where we are now. This is what's got us to right now. But what's going to get us to where we need to go next? And ultimately, schedule is the thing you have to keep your finger on the pulse at all times. So I would highly encourage you to look at this one and audit this one. So, yeah. So two things. Um, we, could, we could talk for an hour on scheduling, right? So both of us are really passionate about this. So there's a science to scheduling, right? So we call it strategic scheduling, right? So there's a science to this. We're going to give you guys an example of uh, what we would consider a remarkable schedule, right? This is our suggested schedule for our clients. So we'll give you an, uh, an example. It'll be two PDFs. One will be the client-facing or the patient-facing schedule, practice schedule. And then the other will be the team-facing or inward-facing schedule, where it's where it include all the elements like we described, meetings and trainings, et cetera. If you would like to get a copy of that, just download it. We'll put, we'll put a click, clickable link here in the, um, in the show notes. Uh, and like Dr. B said, so if you, if you have questions, you want to talk down your schedule, you want to figure out why, what's the logic behind how we do it. We're happy to jump on a call and talk that down with you. So, um, you know, that story, Dr. Pete, I think is valuable because it, it, it illustrates where we started this conversation, which was capacity, right? And so when we talk about capacity and expanding capacity, you know, we talked about the comfort zone and then we talked about the stretch zone and then we talked about the stress zone. And then we talked about the breakdown zone. This is where you have to know your schedule, what are the functions of the business? How long does it take you to do each of those functions, whether it's a regular office visit or it's a new patient day one, or it's a report of findings or a re-examination. You need to know how long each one takes. You need to be able to look at your schedule and, and fill that thing out and, and chock-a-block it. Like, be like if we were 100% filled out, what is our capacity, right? And then you got to ask yourself, man, if that many people came in, where would we break? Where would we break down? Because ultimately you need to have, make sure that everything in your business, all eight of these is set up so that you're at 120% of your existing capacity, right? So you're always pulling yourself forward. You've got to keep a vacuum out in front of you because your business will grow into a vacuum. So I can remember the story I was telling Doc, Dr. Pete just before we started was, you know, when we first opened up our practice, we started at 9 a.m., right? So uh, we would stay until like 9 p.m., <laughs> but we, would, we started at 9 a.m. And if uh, I was in college for nine years straight, uh, and if being in college that long, you know, teaches you one thing, you get really good at late nights and really good at sleeping in late in the morning. Right. So, you know, I was completely sideways getting there for eight, nine o'clock in the morning. Oh my goodness. That was a stretch. By the time we were over a thousand a week, we were first, we had a huddle at six 30 in the morning. First adjustments were at six 45 and there were 30 people waiting in line to get in the office, waiting for us to open that door. I mean, I can remember when I was a year into practice, looking at my first CA and just being like, okay. So um, do we have anybody scheduled for nine o'clock? She's like, no, your first one's at 9.15. I'm like, oh, good. 
And this would be like 3.30 in the afternoon. I'm like, good, I'm exhausted. I want to sleep in tomorrow. Don't put anybody in that nine o'clock spot. By the time we're at a thousand a week, Pete, we were seeing a hundred people before nine o'clock in the morning, right? So, uh, and that was four days a week of that. I, I, I would have come in at five in the morning because uh, I turned myself into a morning person, right? And I, what I recognized was, you know what? I wanted to see everybody early on before their day started, I just preferred to be there energetically. It's when I was at my best, my mind was at my best, my team was at their best. Um, and I always view the chiropractic adjustment as it's, it is preparatory, not custodial, right? It's about getting people ready for their day. Of course, we were there for after school, after sports and after work at the end of the day. But man, I love starting that day strong. So you're going to see it on our schedule. Start with that strong huddle early, early in the morning and then get those first adjustments in before work. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.